0: Hello, this is Leon Berkelmans, International Economy Program Director here at the Lowy Institute. I am joined by David Dollar, Senior Fellow at the Brookings Institution, former Country Director for China and Mongolia at the World Bank, and former US Treasury Representative in Beijing. Hello, David. Thank you. Just over the weekend, we had some data from China about the drawdown on reserves that the authorities are facing there in China. How much should we be worried about that? Well, the data actually came in a little bit better than expected.
1: It's hard to tell exactly from the Chinese report how much sales of reserves they had, but uh, I hear that they sold about $90 billion. That comes on top of about $100 billion in December, but it was below market expectations. So I think just from that, it seems that the Pressure for capital outflow is not accelerating, but it is continuing at a pretty high level. So I think it continues to be a worrisome situation going into 2016.
0: This number had the potential to be really bad, didn't it? Because it was the the number for January. It was a new calendar year. This gave a lot of Chinese the scope to be able to convert some of their renminbi into dollars using their, their annual quota. So the fact that it wasn't a blowout seems like a bit of a good news story, doesn't it? Yes, I think they're succeeding in stabilizing expectations among their own people.
1: The authorities keep saying there's no basis for a large devaluation in China. They have a very big trade surplus. They still have a large pile of reserves. That seems to be taking hold because people did not rush to do their $50,000 per year in
0: January. So, But this issue, nonetheless, it was uh, around $100 billion in January, it was a little bit more in December. this, these are big numbers now in the context of a $3 trillion or so reserve. Uh, you know, that can that can last a while. But still, uh, this it shows some vulnerability to the fixed exchange rate peg, doesn't it?
1: Yes, I think that they're, they're trying to unpeg from the U.S. dollar, and that's quite difficult. Historically... You know, exiting a fixed exchange rate regime is difficult. They were pegged to the dollar with some gradual appreciation. They're worried now that the dollar is going to keep going up if the Fed keeps raising interest rates and China does not want to follow the dollar up. So they've tried to send a signal that they want to publicize their trade-weighted exchange rate. People should expect stability in that. If they succeed, then that would suggest rather modest a devaluation against the US dollar you know of course it depends on what the US dollar does versus the yen or the euro but dollar's risen a lot already uh, so market expectations for the yuan dollar rate are rather modest for the rest
0: of the year thinking about bad scenarios for this thing so you've been here a bit over a week and we've talked about possibly bad scenarios for China and the uh, and Australia and and the rest of the world what could possibly go wrong when we're talking about the yuan and the uh, the yuan exchange rate at the moment?
1: Well, I think they have not helped themselves with communication. You know, they, they've said they want to manage visa via basket, but most recently they've been pegged pretty rigidly to the U.S. dollar. So, so I th- unfortunately, a lot of people in the markets, you know, feel that you can't really trust what they're saying. So there's still a uh, a storyline that China would like a significant devaluation in order to stimulate their economy, they need it. I don't agree with that. You know, But if enough people think that they really want a devaluation, then it can become self-fulfilling. That's why the January data is a little bit better than we thought, but as you say, it's still a big number, $90 billion of reserve sales. Uh, if that accelerates, if people think that the devaluation becomes inevitable and people rush to get out, then it does become self-fulfilling. Uh, many countries have flexible exchange rates. What I worry about is there's no history here. So people don't know, you know, what does a devaluing Chinese yuan look like? Does it go 15%, 15%? There's a hedge fund out there saying it needs 50% devaluation. I think we don't have any history. And that latter number is scary, you know. I mean, if we got anything heading in that direction, it's going to be disruptive for the world economy. China's got a big trade surplus. In the long run, they don't need exchange rate depreciation.
0: Uh, It's interesting you talk about the the possible risks of a a depreciation and too much flexibility in the exchange rate. Uh, We're in Australia at the moment, and the Australian dollar has been a tremendous shock absorber for the Australian economy. The flexible exchange rate, I think, is one of been, has been one of the tremendous success stories of macroeconomic management uh, in Australia. And it's sometimes a little bit difficult for me to think that uh, movements, uh, flexibility in the exchange rate, is a bad thing. But I do take your point that there are risks out there that we potentially uh, don't understand. You mentioned that perhaps they there are people out there that do not believe what the authorities are saying uh, are they right to do that
1: well i believe the authorities would like to stabilize their trade weighted exchange rate you know in many ways devaluation will not be helpful to china they've overinvested in the tradable sector and that's now growing very slowly and in difficulty uh, meanwhile, service sectors are growing quite well. They mostly feed into consumption. That's mostly non-tradable sector. So this transformation of the economy away from tradables towards non-tradables is, is necessary. It's in their interest. Any significant devaluation takes them backwards from that makes Chinese people poorer, so it tends to reduce consumption. It would stimulate the tradable sector. That's kind of a nice high in the short run, but that's not the adjustment that China needs to make. I would rather see them use fiscal stimulus to keep up a good growth rate, aim that at consumption, and accept the direction the economy's transforming in.
0: One final question. The yuan was included in the SDR basket at the end of last year by the IMF, is this a big deal? Should we be celebrating? Is it worrying? What's the What's the takeaway from this? It's
1: a big deal in the sense that it shows that the international financial institutions can adjust and accept the rise of China. So I think it sent a very positive message to China. I think it was a little bit premature in a way. You know, China's currency is, is not yet really uh, fully convertible. So it was kind of a vote of confidence, which I supported. Uh, you know, it, the actual... Reforms in China are more important than this symbolic inclusion in the IMF basket. So the hope is that China will continue to strengthen its financial institutions, liberalize interest rates. In the long run, they definitely need a flexible exchange rate. I just worry this year the process of introducing it can be painful, but they definitely need to move more toward more flexibility. All of those things are positive and that will make the Chinese
0: currency really a significant currency in the world. So I, I knew I know I said the last one was the last question, but I, I, I can't resist. You mentioned that it might have been a little bit premature to include them in the SDR. Is that uh, coming from there was a there was a report done by the IMF staff in August, which when I read, when I read it, I thought actually the S- they're a, a bit away from being included in the SDR. There were ma- many things mentioned in this IMF staff report that suggested that they weren't quite there yet, meeting the criteria for uh, inclusion in the SDR. Is was that your reading of that report as well? My reading of the report
1: was that you know they needed to do a few more things. Uh, you know, some of them are things like you know, ensuring that the onshore exchange rate and the offshore exchange rate do not deviate too much. So when we talk about the Chinese exchange rate, we know what we're talking about. They've struggled a little bit recently to to keep those two rates together. Uh, I think it was a little bit premature, but as I said, I supported it because the question was, you know, do you encourage China down this path of reform or do you take a very bureaucratic line? uh, And I support what the decision was.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, David. Good to talk to you, Leon.